deluxe edition. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Nice. But I love it. I still got the bookends. Yeah. In fact, I, it did because then one of the other ones that came was, um, it's like a statue of Gollum. And it's one of the oh, most cool. like detailed, hideous looking fucking, and it's up in my bedroom. And I have a, I have a little girl, uh, seven now, Chloe. And I remember she yeah. must, she's probably like maybe five. When she first found it, she's like, Dad, what is this? And I'm like, oh, that's Gollum. And she's looking at it and the face he's making. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to give this kid fucking nightmares. I don't think she ever had nightmares about it. I never heard any more about it. She just kind of gave me a look like, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Later, I tried to, I was, I, we read, you know, I read her chapter book sometimes. Yeah. We're reading Treasure Island right now, nice. which is kind of brutal, dude. The original Treasure Island is like doesn't fuck around. I have not actually read the original Treasure I, Island. You know, I didn't either. And most of the books so far that I've been reading her are stuff that I've read before. Okay. But, but Treasure Island, I never have, I never read before. Um, and yeah, man, like it starts off the one character, he dies from drinking. He's drinking too much rum and he dies. And like trying to explain that to my kid of like, what is rum? And if you drink too much of it, you'll die, yeah. you know? The first drug conversation I had with my kid well, is about is from Treasure Island. About yeah. death. Oh, thanks. Get man. on in there. Well, Let me yeah, see how your and, level um, is. I mean, those are conceptually such wild things to teach a kid. You know, like what is alcohol? Yeah. What is poison? Yeah. Why does poison do what it does to you? What is death? And why does a little bit of poison for grownups? Yeah. Feel good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> right. No doubt, man. No doubt. It's a tricky. It's a tricky thing and it's a fine line. And I know I've talked to some other parents that have had that talk. You know, there's like, you got like the sex talk, you got the drug talk and, and you have to have these talks. And now actually there's the other one. You have the social media talk. You have to have the fucking TikTok, Instagram talk, yeah. especially for girls. Cause there, it's like a big problem. There's a lot of high rate of suicide and all kinds of depression and crazy shit from bullying, basically like online bullying. Well, even in the, I mean, 2000s, early 2010s, you know, I mean, and really all the time, but I mean, especially with social media, the body image stuff that pushes on teenage girls is just fucking brutal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's true. It's kind of crazy. That's like one less, you know, thing we didn't have to deal with. Yeah. I say we, I mean me. I don't know. I'm 41. I don't know how you. I'm I'm 31. Oh, okay. Um, and so, like, I don't know. So you had a little, probably a little bit more of that, maybe. It hit you earlier, anyway. I mean, it hit me a little earlier, but it was mostly like the things that you already deal with with toxic masculinity, just like in pictures. Yeah. You know? So, like, I played sports in high school and middle school. Oh, you did? Did you? Oh. What What did you play? What? So I um, most successfully was yeah. a pole vaulter. Wow, um, dude! I didn't expect you to pull that one out. Fucking pole vault. And I isn't, wasn't. I is that like Sue? I always heard that that's like. That's one of the more dangerous uh, track and field ones because you can impale yourself, yeah. right? Isn't that the oh god? Every time, never so, got high enough for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, every time that I'd see somebody doing that, I'd be like, "Oh my god, please don't impale yourself." And there are a couple videos of that. Oh, people. Yeah. Impale, oh yeah. God. <laughs> Especially, uh, I mean, you just kind of fucking saddle it at the top, and it just goes right into your groin. Oh, I mean, Jesus. No matter what's under there, dude, like that's fucking painful. And yeah. then you fucking fall on it, like Jesus. I know, that sounds that sounds really tough. But I, yeah. I guess if you do it successful, it's probably pretty fun. Yeah. Were you doing mostly track stuff or t- um, t- team sports or? So let's see. I pl- I played basketball. I played football. I was a tight end. I played baseball. I was first base. Oh shit, dude! You did a lot um, of sports. Is that you know you well you were saying earlier we, we 
we were making the Manhattans. Your dad was a big Manhattan guy, but I'm guessing he's a big sports guy. Oh, my dad is a huge sports guy. Yeah, because that's um, usually when I hear somebody say like, "Yeah, I played like six sports growing up." I'm like, "Yeah, your dad was like the coach." Or yeah, my dad was my baseball coach yeah. actually for a little bit. Um, and like, actually, you know, it's good that we're talking about this because uh, this is a fun story. When I was in eighth grade, um, our basketball team went sixty-two and two. Oh, so we played 64 games. We were supposed to play 70, but some of them got canceled for logistical reasons. Sure. And there were six men, boys, 14-year-olds yeah. on this team. They're men now. It's just men. Little men. But they were so good. They were so pristine at basketball oh. that we got way more attention than 14-year-olds were supposed to get. Yeah, the, you were the stars. The public came to our games. Wow. The news wow. came to our games. Shit. And you got a bunch of fucking news cameras pointing at 13, 14-year-old students. You're doing stupid shit or what? No. <laughs> Where were you going with that? No. It just feels good. It, it felt good. Yeah. yeah. Where was this? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Chicago. Oh, um, really? Like in the city or right outside? It? City proper. Oh. I grew up right next to a train station. Oh, uh, Blue Line. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I haven't spent much time in Chicago. Little yes. tiny bit. I think I've been there twice ever. I found it very hard to get around. Lots of cool stuff. So I lived in New York for a while. I think I was saying that. Yeah. yeah sort yeah. of a, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania, but sort of a New Yorker. And that was, I think I have this problem then, you know, growing up there and my, and my grandfather lived there when I was growing up and I spent a lot of time visiting it. So I'd go to these other big cities. LA is another good example of, but just where's the, I, I like expect, you know, slash fucking demand to be able to walk out of my hotel and walk to wherever I'm going and take a train and everything. And Chicago is better than LA for sure. But both of them just, you, it's the, the public transit's just not, I mean, it's there, but it's like Denver, you know, it's like, yeah, there's a bus. I mean, yeah, I shouldn't say yeah. it's that bad. It's not, Chicago's better than Denver, but it still doesn't have a whole lot of uh, trains. There's like, like a big, uh, what I would say for how big that city is, it felt like I found it hard to get around. And also this was before Lyft and Uber when I was oh, there. yeah. So you couldn't even yeah. just call Lyft. You know, you're trying to like hail a cab somewhere. And if you ended up in a weirder neighborhood where there isn't any cabs, you're just like, fuck, I'm walking like, you know, six miles to get to the next train station. The the gaps are tough. Yeah. You know, like when, you, yeah. when you're in the central loop and everything, there's a train station every two blocks. But like I went home last month uh, uh, I guess it was two months ago now. Wow, two months to the day. And uh, I went to go see Emperor. So I did oh. a 16-hour jaunt where I flew into Midway, got drunk on the beach, and then saw Emperor, and then immediately went back to Midway and flew back to Denver. Oh, wow. Um, turn and burn. Turn and burn. But that sounds pretty cool, man. That's that's an epic turn and burn. It, Most it turn and burns sweet. are like, I showed up to this meeting and said hi, and then I had to fly back home. Getting drunk on the beach and then going to see Emperor is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad turn and burn but i will tell you man for montrose beach pretty popular fucking beach a lot yeah. of people there oh yeah <clears throat> a lot of kids families okay people with you know influence yeah it took me i got off the train and i walked two and a half miles to that damn beach to just to be with like thirty thousand other people you know yeah. and like a bunch of events and stuff and it's like why don't why? Well, <laughs> you, know, like, you have all these stations all over the city, and this is a massively popular beach. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Huh? But that's cool that it's, you know, thriving. It's coming back. I was just in New York for work. I was in Long nice. Island. But I got to spend, like, one day, basically, at the end, exploring the city. And um, I definitely, I mean, there's still quite a lot of people. It's fucking New York City. But 
dude, post COVID, like you can tell it's sleepy. Like places closed down. There's there's markedly less people. I can see it just yeah. walking the streets. I don't know if Chicago got hit the same kind of way or um, maybe not as much. <clears throat> Excuse me. It did at first. Like there's a beautiful, terrifying picture of a coyote walking down Michigan Avenue, oh. which is completely deserted. Right. And that will live in my mind forever as like, this is like, yeah, we're done. On another planet. Yeah. yeah, the end times looking shit. But um, I mean, I think that like, I think that they did a good job warding it off by closing all the beaches. But I think that a lot of people were pissed about that oh, because yeah, like you're in the Midwest and you get to go to a, what might as well be the ocean. Right. It's like, well, and I, you know, I don't understand, although I do remember like Florida, there was a lot of spreading at the beaches, but that always confused me too, because it's like, dude, it's just, you know, outdoors was definitely your best. It's just, that was your best shot. Yeah, yeah. Right. So really these outdoor, like a beach was bad. I know they closed my pool up here. We have a neighborhood pool. And I remember thinking oh. that was stupid. I was like, dude, the pool, I mean, come on, you're outside and there's chlorine, but then apparently a lot of, pools public pools that were open did end up turning into like spreading zones so fuck what we know i mean also the other thing too i think and this is funny because we're doing this right now this is when this first uh republican debate is on right now and i'm thinking of florida (laughs) and ron desantis and like he gets a lot of he gets a lot of credit because even though it seemed like he he fucked up left and right all over the fucking place like they didn't necessarily do that bad compared to other no, states no actually his wikipedia reads that he had like one of the highest approval ratings well for, approval rating yeah but i mean even for just COVID. no totally totally well the, the citizens there you know floridians liked what he did whether it was right or not but i'm just saying the bottom line like people uh infected and dead and stuff like florida you would have thought would have been at the very they you were you know they were laughing in the face of this shit yeah. and they really didn't i forget where they ranked but it wasn't that bad so there was it it almost seemed to be completely uncorrelated with the measures that we took uh on a in a statistical way but i think that's just because people were forced to go out and work and shit because i certainly yeah. know me myself you know when i was quarantined and my family was quarantined guess what we definitely didn't get COVID. not only did we not get COVID, we didn't get anything we didn't get, you didn't catch a fucking cold for like a year yeah and then the minute we start going back out it's like okay first thing we got COVID. everybody me my friends family ever go 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 then it's like oh yeah now i got the sniffles again and my kid too coming home from school she's got a cough she's got the sniffle it's like yeah dude i mean this is we used to just you know we did it at one point just learn to live with it yeah and it's kind of it's kind of interesting and also maybe for me a little relieving that it feels like we're at least quickly getting back to that place where like somebody can go i'm i mean my kid will come home from school and go like i got a cold i'm sneezing and i won't like it doesn't give me anxiety you won't won't flip i won't flip out right right i don't have this internal fear of like oh my god she's bringing the grim reaper in my house damn it's like (laughs) nah it's just some fucking boogers it's it's okay although not to be dour yeah, but on the other side of things, I will tell you, I've had COVID three times. Three, they've, okay. They've all, they've all been a really, like, not immediately in, like terrible situations, yeah. but like, my client had their last appointment with me that morning, and it was immediately after Thanksgiving, and it was like when Vulgarian was supposed to start recording, uh-huh. you know, and so bam, bam. Oh, bam, just like, yeah, the, uh, worst time possible. Yeah, yeah, and, no, dude. I think it's been it's the last one was in March and now it's late August. And in the past few months, my lungs have suffered. Oh like, really? It's it's pretty you got, hard to you do. You had some long effects from it. I have some long effects from it. And yeah. 
the first time I got it, I had a couple long effects. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be a five thirty a.m. man. Right? Oh like, really? Oh, you're oh, a morning man. person. I am a or morning person. Oh god, dad, sports dad. Right? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. He probably just drilled that in and ingrained that. Oh yeah, and uh, I don't. I mean, I use that to my advantage. Oh, right? oh like, fuck yeah, I would too, dude. If I could wake up five thirty in the morning and be productive, oh my god, my life would be better. <laughs> Shit ain't happening anymore. Let me let me tell you that. No. I uh uh-uh. uh. Hmm. And so like I I was one of the people who was definitely like good with the measures and I was like this should happen mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. But my wife was covid response at CU Boulder. Oh. And so she was the one that like She's wearing three masks yeah, at a yeah. time, right? And Respo- she's like, "Is that like you mean at a hospital or, or no, 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 on CU Boulder campus, like in front of the dorms?" It was like, oh. "If you don't take one of these every week, you can't go back to your dorm." Oh, right, a like, test. You have to take the. You got to take. Yeah, the test. you got to yeah. stick the stick up your nose. So she was well for this one. It was a spit test. Actually. Oh, that's right. CU had the spit test. So you had because I test, actually yeah. I had to do that too mm. to go into the lab, and I'm technically a CU employee. I had to do the spit test. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So which is might- even easier, dude? Like, come on. Exactly. I had no problems doing a spit test. I'll spit all day long in that too, buddy. I even stick to after I did this thing up my nose a couple times, but I always preferred uh-huh. to do it. I hate when somebody else was doing it and they'd like, you know, go too far. And then I realized because the one time that I definitely hadn't got really sick, I did the te- home test, which yeah. was the least accurate, and I did it myself and I didn't even do that great of a job and it was red as hell. It was like, yeah, you definitely fucking got Same. this shit. I only got hit once with it when it was actually bad and like laid me out. And it wasn't a terrible, inopportune time. It was okay. But it was like the, the worst flu I ever had. Yeah. The long thing I had, which I think has maybe finally subsided, took like a year though, maybe, or at least nine months or so to come back, was my smell. And I totally yeah. lost my smell. Not so much my taste, but I totally lost my smell. And then even when it started to come back, uh, it was weird. I'd like confuse smells. I would smell something and know it's that. And I'd go, God, but it really smells like this. It was totally fucking bizarre. It was fucking with me for a long time. I don't know what happened. I think my brain maybe just, even if I lost those nasal uh, nerve cells or something, my brain has just made up with it enough that I don't notice it anymore. Yeah. But you're saying fatigue you have and then, and also like lung capacity. Those are the big two. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like when I first noticed like, oh, okay, I have long COVID, you know, like yeah. I got to go lift. And I oh. just like lifted four days a week for oh. months. Is that just good to, for like, that? Uh, it was awesome. Honestly, okay. Okay. and I mean, with some cardio in there too, some yeah. hiking, some running. Some, That's primarily what I do is lift. Yeah, and some and, cardio, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it's something that I'm getting back into now because I um, am just really excited to try to knock out like the, you know how like September used to be the seventy five degree like go hiking in the sunset kind of thing. Yeah, the fall. And now that's kind of been pushed back because of global yeah, warming. That's true. Et cetera. So that's like, true. I can get fit enough, I think, in that amount of time to still <laughs> knock out like a good Yeah, things. Global warming has bought you a little bit more time, Frank. Yeah, no, man, I feel you. Uh, I think I've noticed it's weird. I always say I like that like our falls are getting longer, yeah. but I also could tell that it's totally because of global warming. Because around here, that's not, I mean, I've been here, I think, 11 or 12 years now, maybe. And that didn't used to be like no. that. The first many years living here, it was very... You know, summer to winter to summer to. I remember getting in my car, you know, some seasons and like turning it on, and you know the heat's blasting, and I have to go from that to the air, yeah. or vice versa. The air's blasting, I have to turn it off, put the heat on. 
like in the same, you know, 24 hours. Yeah. It just changed. But I don't know that it's been warmer and it's pushing out on the ends more. And then it's like we get a little fall. The last like two years, we had a nice fall. It has been nice. You know, I, um, I've been telling people recently, like, it used to be that the weather was the one apolitical thing. It's truly true. Yep. apolitical thing that nobody can control right. that you could talk to other people about. Oh, it's been hot out today. Oh, it's raining. Like, have you ever seen a snowstorm like this? You know? Right, right. But now, motherfuckers are coming up to me saying, <laughs> hey, it's hot. And I'm like, yeah, you know why? Right. <laughs> These people have names and addresses that made it this hot. And if you're suffering, you go there's a reason why. Tell them, right. Well, yeah. I mean, the problem is, really, I think we just didn't, we didn't figure out how bad it was until no. we were really committed to it. Uh, but you know, even when you're really committed to something, dude, we've known how bad it is now since I was a kid. So almost for a generation, we've known and just keep doing the same thing. And that's, you're just asking for trouble. I think if you do that, you cannot ignore not only the data from like remote parts of the world where you are not, but how about the data right where you are in this moment? Like you said, like, why is it snowing in July? And I mean- you know, not to be topical or anything, but like the Hawaii fires and everything. Yeah. That used to be lush rainforest. That's right. You know, and, and they're with, living through a bad drought. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, and here's the other thing that's like geopolitical is droughts tend to, throughout history, they cause more war and strife and terrorism and things, which kind of makes sense because this was like more scarcity. It's harder to live. Over in the Middle East, if you want to, I don't even know the proper, if you could still, yeah, I think Middle East is still PC enough. <laughs> I, I think you're fine. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Over in like <laughs> Afghanistan, for instance, um, it's been so hot and barren and dead there for so long. And a lot of people have said like, I mean, there's a whole history behind this. I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not oh, trying to sum up all of Afghan's, uh, you know, war history on its climate, but it certainly has a lot to do with it. It's like uninhabitable land. And it didn't used to be that way. It also yeah. used to be lush. And I think the more that that kind of thing happens, you're going to see more and more, you know, human strife because humans get stressed and then bad shit happens. Yeah. And I do kind of worry about that. Although we also now have uh, climate mitigation programs that we're working on, which is interesting. So I, of all the people I know in my life, Michael, you would probably be the person that would be able to thoroughly break that down for me the most. Well, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's like, it's like pumping certain um, uh, chemicals into the air that will reflect some of the sunlight. And being able to recapture that stuff, which it sounds like we can do because it's heavy stuff. So it's like, it's, it's almost like you could think about like throwing up a big temporary blanket or something to, you know, and a reflective blanket at that to cool us down for a little bit. And then it's heavy enough that it's going to fall back down to the ground. So there's some problems there. What happens when it falls back down to the ground, right? <laughs> for instance, yeah, right. like evil, awful fire rain from hell, you know, there's... <laughs> So you got to be careful and try things little by little. I've heard some people say they think it will probably be like the next Manhattan Project. It's still just a little ways out. But when the climate starts getting so unbearable, just like the biggest countries will probably really start racing for some some kind of technology like that. And we're already looking at, US already looking at, a couple countries are, but just on a small scale, just like starting to research. Is this possible? It's a real thing, man. I mean, obviously, I don't need to tell you. No, but, absolutely. But, but I should point out what, what we're talking while the Republicans are debating how it's a total hoax. Uh, my dad's a big Republican, and he's very skeptical, I'll say, of climate science, which I think oh. is hilarious. I remember telling him years ago when I worked for NASA for a little bit, the Snow and Ice Data Center, 
And I'm like, I literally process that data that shows the polar caps melt and all the, you know, every year. And he's like, ah, it's crap. Now it's changed. Like, well, okay, it's not crap, but it's not our fault. Right. Any excuse. We walk down the, and then maybe it'll be, okay, it is our fault, but there's nothing we can do about it. We just kind of keep doing it. But now it sounds like these giant, uh, Flaming fire from hell blankets. Blankets might help. Uh, yeah. Well, and then here's the real, here's what I hear, which kind of makes sense. The The real worry is if we could somehow create like a knob where we can cool things down, then what's going to stop people from actually, di- you know what I mean? Or then what are we just going to keep turning the knob more and more and more? I mean, you know, I, I think there's some worry that an effective climate mitigation system Long-term could be riskier or as uh, just as risky, I should say, not riskier. <laughs> be, but be, it, it sounds like it's because there's like a certain degree of fuck it that yeah. comes with. Right. Well, and maybe that's just been observed. Maybe that's why scientists are saying that because they're like, dude, right now you could just stop. So if I give you like, if I finally give you an air conditioner and tell you now will you stop, you're like, fuck no. But the air conditioner also burns shit, you know? So right. it's like, and, and I mean, that's a, that's a way imperfect analogy, but. There's consequences to running the air conditioner, I should say. Consequences to the firing, burning uh, hell sand or whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh, it's pretty sad. I don't know where you are politically. Well, now I guess I do know where you are politically. Uh, well, yeah, and people yeah. kind of tend to go one or the other. I'm pretty independent, really. And what does independent mean for you? Like, do you do you feel like socially liberal, fiscally conservative, or do, do you feel <laughs> no, uh, like a, all sorts of different ways about all sorts of different things? Like what, is, well, what does that mean? What I always say, what I like to say is I'm very nonpartisan. Okay. I don't like political parties. I think political parties suck. Uh, if It reminds me of religion. I'm also not religious, no. although I'm very spiritual. And I'm very, I care a lot about policy and politics too, but I'm not partisan, I'm not religious. And it's kind of for the same reason. I don't think you can group me together with even one other person, let alone thousands and millions of other right, people. Right, exactly. Where we all have to agree on all this whole big set of shit all together. I mean, if I looked at the platform, actually, the Republicans don't even have a platform anymore. So if they did, though, if I wrote it up for them and I looked at that and the Democrats' platform, I'm sure I'm going to line way more with the Democrats' platform and probably have for the majority of my life, for sure. Um, but it doesn't mean there's also shit in there I don't agree with that I think is stupid. And, and I think they fuck up all the time too. And I'm easy to call them out on that. Being nonpartisan is freeing because now I don't have to root for either team. I could just, you know, this is what I want to happen and try to vote the closest to that. And, you know, that's it. Usually you end up getting, you don't get what you want typically. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I have really come to the realization in the last decade. I mean, it, you know, I, I was once a college student, right? And like, eh. <laughs> you know, like the world can be saved. And then the Crimea thing happened and the oh, Trump yeah. thing happened and the Brexit thing happened. And I, and pretty immediately, like, a, what was that, like seven, eight years ago now? Yeah. The Crimea thing was almost a decade ago, right? Like Something like that. It was pretty easy to like shoot me down like that Pergosin plane, not to... <laughs> it just went to, as of today, right? Or yesterday. <laughs> but it just shot me down into nonpartisanship, you know, of like, you are evil, but you are spineless and useless. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, right, right. Okay, so you're in the same boat. You're I, also I am in the same boat as you, oh, in you the go. fact that... That's great. And I'm I mean, glad was, to hear it, sir. And that was a Simpsons joke from the 90s, right? It's yeah, like, right. No, I remember the The joke. Republicans are evil, but the Democrats are spineless. But like, what... It's so true, though. Simpsons, like, like so many things, had it right. Yeah, and like how I don't, I don't know how more 
like bluntly and simply you could put that is probably not the most comprehensive explanation. No, but it's, but it's dude, you're pretty right on. I mean, money is the big problem in all that stuff. There's way too much money wrapped up in it where Democrats and Republicans have to be careful about where they're, they need this money, in fact, you know, to stay in office, basically, at this point. So they have to be really careful about who they are or are not pissing off. There's a whole big, like, political game that they have to play. And I mean, that was just sad about that is because, like we're saying, it's policy. It's like stuff that affects people's lives. It's kind of sad that that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a little bit of game, you know, there's a little chess you have to play yeah. to just make good shit happen for just, you know, be uh, efficient and useful in the money that you collect from people, basically. It's really, I mean, it's, I go, it's not that hard. I mean, it's crazy complicated and stupid fucking hard. But, um, it does seem like that's really the Bernie Sanders man goes back to he had it. And I mean, we even know it when he was saying that it's like, duh. But thank you for saying that as right. a senator that the corporations just run everything. They really do. They're behind the scenes on so much stuff. Once in a while, what makes the government great, democracy great is we can like vote against it or try to. But, you know, I was really excited to vote for Obama. But then I, don't know, I was a little disappointed. And, and in the end, after eight years, what I got like. Not a whole lot changed. And some of that stuff he did was good, but Obamacare was, it was good, but it was very flawed. And and he just, uh, the, some of the other stuff, man, it's just, th- it was good stuff and it was a mix. Yeah. And, I, and I thought for sure that we were going to, I don't know, blow the roof off, you know? Where's the next fucking FDR? I, I have a lot of hope. And then I, even when Trump first won in 2016, and I was like appalled, but I tried to talk myself into, well, he's an independent. He could, and he, you know, he could have, but he's way too lazy and stupid. Never did. Could have like called an emergency thing of Congress and tr- Donald Trump could have done that. We're going to build some shit. God damn it. And people would have followed him, but he's way too lazy. and stupid. He's too lazy and stupid. Yeah. And like, it's selfish. He, he's not going to do that. And so, you know, when you, there's a certain class of, um, you know, DSM diagnoses, right? DSM, what's DSM? uh, The Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of uh, Psychological Disorders. Oh, okay, okay. That, uh, I mean, the basic theme, right, is that you're not bad, you're insecure about something. Sure. And, I mean, it's painted no more obviously than on Donald Trump. Yeah. That maybe he, you know, he believes that he's, obviously he believes he's a good character. Right. And obviously there are high powered people that are getting paid money to reinforce like, hey, you're a good person. Right. You know, but the reason he needs that is probably because when he was fucking five years old, his dad probably punched him in the face for like doing some stupid shit. Right. Yeah, and well, like, I don't know. I don't know the some, guy on a personal level. I'm a right. fucking therapist and I don't nope. like. Yeah, but he is. No. Def- he is super uh, insecure, though. You're definitely right he, about that. Absolutely. That's written all over his face. No doubt. Written yeah. all over his orange face. <laughs> his insecurity. And that's, you know, honestly, man, in my work, like I've been doing this shit half a decade. And like insecurity is so. It's such a blunt instrument for me, like a blunt, but like with nails on it. Yeah. Bat. Sure. Um, well, never- I think you're right. You know, I never heard anybody say that about you're not bad, you're insecure, but man, it makes so much sense. And you think yeah. of historical people, people maybe you know, or even like characters and stuff, they're always, there is, there's an insecurity that's driving this negative behavior. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at it that way, everything else 
becomes so easy, I so, guess, so, as, so, for my job, at least. Yeah, for, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, what do you think Trump is insecure with? Could it be his mushroom dick? Um, that was obviously something that got very publicly thrown out. Right. And, um, see that probably hurt his feelings. That, that would probably hurt any human. I was going to say, I wouldn't want people running around saying I had a mushroom dick or the P tape. I don't know. He could have just owned that one, man. Look, man, I got plenty of clients. I got plenty of friends. (laughs) I got plenty of associates and people that I know that just own that shit. Yeah. Just own it. Like just own it, dude. The P tape. Okay, you paid some people to pee on you. Yeah, like, fuck, that's really cares? not that <laughs> bad. That's really not that bad, Donald. You could have just fessed up. At least they're eighteen. Mm-hmm. There's a court case with him for somebody that's oh not, really? Oh god. Uh, well, there's about a million court. I mean, look, this is we're talking about. Remember who we're talking? About. <laughs> hey, at the same He's time, a turbo that we're talking about the uh, the Republican debate. Trump getting uh, mugshot and it's Rudy true. Giuliani's mugshot he already got is mugshot. out. Yeah, it I is, haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's quite bad. It's so funny yeah i heard it's and, not very flattering yeah <laughs> i mean when is a mugshot flattering but you know they i think fox and and whatever his thing is now truth is that they're gonna he's gonna try to spin it and probably rev up his base a little more here's the thing that i keep seeing and some people some pundits are already saying like all oh, the polls that looks bad because he's gaining a little bit but he's gaining such ridiculous like tiny incremental he, he i don't know we'll, we'll have to see but i still think He's trapped in this spot of like, he has this huge fan base that love him no matter what. And they're getting more and more excited. The more trouble he gets in, the more excited they get. And they're crazy. And they're definitely going to show up to vote for him. But it's not enough. It's a huge, big chunk of people, but it's not Not enough. enough. And there's so many people we haven't even, I'm not not even considering the people that hate him because there's so many of them that want to definitely show up to go against him. But just the other people who don't care anymore. You know, I think he won in 16 because he won over a lot of those people that were like, ah, fuck it, you know. It was right. a fuck it. It was it a was bowl a in the it. China shop. Let's thing. fucking try it because everything we're doing isn't working, you know. Yeah. And and Biden's interesting. I, I give him a lot of credit. I think uh, no matter what, it's going to, his his first four years are going to kind of, especially the first two years, are going to go down in history as something interesting, either a great failure or a great success. Cause we did pour like a ton of money into infrastructure for the first time in my l- lifetime, uh, but we're not seeing any of the results effects of it yet. So either it's dud and it's going to look back as he's going to, you know, be ineffective or it's going to create this boom, like later on, you know, maybe even after his time in office or on earth. And we're going to go, Oh yeah, that guy fucking killed. I mean, I think of that was like Jimmy Carter and he got pushed out, but Jimmy Carter started a lot of badass. Uh, programs even Richard Nixon fucking Mr. Evil like he actually had uh, a lot of good fucking programs so this is weird humanity is a weird mixture now Trump I don't know so much about that the one I always give him credit for is that we don't pay like way more to the UN or NATO or something we used to he would always, oh, remember he bitched he about that? that? Yeah. And he was like, no, we're paying the same as everybody else. And then what's funny is when Biden took over, he that <laughs> most of his shit he undid, but that one is like, actually, that one, you're right. Uh, we'll yeah. just, I'm good. I'm good at this, so, this number. You know, the fact of the matter is that like as impactful culturally as both these people have been, Biden as like, you know, like the less response and like these pussy fucking like snowflakes just want to have like everything that they want because apparently Joe Biden is a fucking Plinko communist. Yeah, he's a commie, right? Joe and, Biden. <laughs> and then Trump, the opposite, you know, yada, yada, drain the swab. Uh, like we hate, a, we love America, but we hate Americans. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, sure. Certain Americans. Beyond, like, I, you know, there are a few things, right? Like Trump's tax cuts. Huge. Yeah. And, yeah. But uh, you like that? I think he's, they, dude, they just, another giveaway. Same with George H.W. Bush. Like, rich people got a lot of money. Yeah. And they just use it then, for stock buybacks and stuff. They didn't even put it back into the economy. But then Biden also like Biden's and uh, fucking climate change bill, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the swings at um, student loans, even if they got shot down by the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. they tried to do stuff. But yeah. my gut feeling is at the end of the day, when you look at these two's actual impact, like on the United States, yeah, minor. My my feeling is that Donald Trump is going to have more of an impact on the United States because he appointed one third of the Supreme the Court. That's a good that point. Yep. capped a major pillar of of modern American society. That's absolutely like he right. just fucking single handedly, yeah. bam, took yeah, it out. And you know that's that's a good point, and that's probably one of, if not the like most important pinnacle things for a president unless you're in wartime is appointing the supreme court dude yeah and you're right fucking trump got three people on there and they has anybody ever uh, like appointed i don't know ever maybe obama in eight years no he didn't get no he didn't get three definitely not yeah three and four years gonna be a fucking record although i never heard it like stated as a record but that no, that never sound- came out. But, but uh, that sounds like a record. Dude, three and four years is crazy. And you could thank Mitch McConnell for that, too, because he was the one that, like, bitched out Obama's guy. What's his name? The the Hispanic guy. He died, like... Antonin you know. Scalia? Yeah, he died, like, within a year. Obama still had a year to go, and the Senate's like, no, we won't even bring it to a vote. Because he was... Uh, his nomination probably would have passed vote. Even with it, the Republicans. It, it would have... Merrick Garland? Yeah. The current attorney general? general yeah. He served my brother-in-law ice cream at, at like a Washington social. Whoa. My brother-in-law did a... Wait, Frank, you part of the deep state? No, your brother I am did. actually part of the deep state. <laughs> Global warming is a hoax, by the way. <laughs> Aliens are not real. They're just people that we genetically engineered. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. You were saying your brother somehow... So, how did he... So my brother... My sister is going to be married next month on Roosevelt Island oh. in New York City. Oh, very cool. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. To a dude that was raised in the Hamptons. And I will not say any more about him but this. Okay. When you call his mom and you and she misses your call. Yeah. You know what you hear? What? Hey, this is Hugh Jackman. Pat can't come to the phone right what? now. What? Oh, but she but, paid for that or something? No. Oh, no. They're, they're just friends. She knows Hugh Jackman. Like, no. like that's... That's just how it is. Oh, okay. Like that's that's the stature that my sister is married. That's and, epic. Wow. Yeah. That's and, pretty fucking badass. And have you seen Arrow on uh what what is it called the Netflix or something? The fucking like 2008 show with the green dude that I, shoots arrows at people. Oh, uh, oh, the oh. CW. That's what it was. You remember the CW? I kind of do. Uh not much. They had a frog as their little mascot, right? <laughs> I don't remember. I'm confusing no. it with something else. No, I, I mean, I can remember the logo of CW. Yeah. Explain it. It was a TV uh, network? It was a TV network, and Arrow was like one of their biggest things. It was like a Marvel oh, okay. spinoff. Where it, okay. it, it was like, um, what was Jeremy Renner in Avengers? Whatever uh, this. Uh, oh, black, yeah, yeah. Nighthawk, or, right? Yeah, yep. whoever that was. It was like a vaguely know vague the Avengers. spinoff of that. Okay, yeah. interesting. Interesting. Um, with 
different characters. What, he was on it or he knows somebody that he um, produced it? His sister wrote it. Oh, yeah. very cool. Very cool. So wait, are there in New York, you said? They're Hamptons people. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Jesus. All right. See there, you just said it all. You're like, you Jackman left it. Like, oh, what about the other oh, Hamptons people? Oh, I know these people. That's cool. Hey, man. Get to party with Hamptons, people. That's a beautiful fucking thing. I am so fucking excited. Yes, <laughs> that's a beautiful fucking thing. I mean, is he also, is he hopefully he's a nice person? I love Tom. Okay. I think Tom is the fucking shit. You hear that, Tom? Dude. You hear that, Tom? Frank Tom loves Flummo, you. I think you're the fucking shit. I can't wait for you he to be loves my brother-in-law. You. Damn it. There you go. Um, Tom is an appellate attorney at the Southern District of New York. Wow. The same district that is looking into Tom, Donald Trump. Oh, at. Okay. And Let's bring it full circle here. Connect the dots for us. I got and like well, you have the inside scoop. No, you're not gonna say I, that. No, I got one inside scoop. Oh my on, god, on, he's dropping. No, it not inside. not on Donald Trump. Oh, but I thought one, it was on Trump. one like legality story that I think oh. is just fucking awesome. Okay, right? so it. he's an appeals lawyer, right. right? So he takes cases that he thinks should be reversed. So they yes. become very interesting, very quickly, right? What? So there's this woman who has a chronic history. Of being sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Horrible. Okay. Oh. Right? Okay. And poor girl gets in the cab one day with a creep. And creep cab driver says, hey, listen, like, I'll give you your fare for free if, right? Yeah, wink, wink. But, like, if not, get get the fuck out of my cab. Ooh. And homegirl has been assaulted so many times that she is now armed. With right. a pepper spray? Gun? A gun. Oh. She is armed with a oh, gun. Shit. With oh, a God. fucking Glock 9mm. Oh. And so she gets out the out the cab. Yeah. She walks to the driver's side. She points the fucking thing in his head and she's like, get out. And she steals his cab. Whoa. Okay. And honestly, bitch, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you go, girl. Well, she you didn't shoot. <laughs> she didn't shoot him. She didn't shoot him. So that's all right. She was just like, dude, you're being a creep. Give me your fucking yeah. work vehicle. Fuck you. Yeah. No, yeah. Did, and did she give the car back later? She like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, this is a top notch A class person. I mean, what happened? They put, the cops got her. The cops got her, and yeah. she got arrested. But like, the case went to appeals. Okay. And what, what what is she? What's what? What could she possibly be? She did it though, right? She did. I mean, steal she absolutely car. did it. But like, that's Tom's job yeah. to be like. Bro. Yeah, come on. <laughs> she was fucked up. She had no. I hear you. The serious trauma. She didn't know. I think her case would be better if she like had ditched the car somewhere or like. Oh no, she ditched it somewhere. Like oh. it was absolutely yeah. just just to fuck you. She didn't yeah. actually like take the take cab. the car. Oh, then well, and what are they charging her for Grand Theft Auto or something? I mean. Grand Theft and like a firearms charge. Oh, well, yeah. Well, hey, man, that's why you leave that to professionals to argue that case. But certainly there's something there when people are distressed. I mean, I think also like damage done, right? If there's not a whole lot of damage done, you didn't actually kill the guy. You didn't actually like wreck the car, let's say. I don't, then I mean, it was a crazy circumstance, but sounds like he also kind of fucked up. So mm. now if he was dead, I think you're fucked. I think you're fucked if he was dead, but <laughs> I think you're fine. You nope. can get to all the trauma stories in the world you want, but no, there's you know, once the don't spill the milk, basically. <laughs> Moral of the story, right? That is that's kind of a crazy law story for sure. I like the Hamptons, Hamptons are beautiful. Long Island, so I was just saying, I was just out there, it was cool. Nice, you know what? When I was living there, I thought in uh, Queens particularly that's where I spent most time living there. 
I felt like it was really, the music scene there was really fucking tough. And now I go back and like some of my friends that are still there, been there a long time. I can see, you know, there's certain pockets and there's like these communities where maybe if I stayed longer, I get to know them more. But I found it hard to like play shows there. And and really throughout, even when I was living in Pennsylvania, my friend went to NYU and and he got us a couple gigs out there. But I just remember feeling like it was really hard to to break out live there. Like, I don't know. It never would generate any kind of hype or didn't know how to do it or something. No. I, I, I've never really Hard heard of anything play. out of there, you know? Like, it, does, it doesn't seem to break out at from all. From New York? Well, oh, oh, from New York in general, yes. Yeah. But from, uh, like, Long Island. Long Island, no. Yeah, fuck no. no. The, well, I guess if we looked it up, I'm sure we'd find, like, a band or oh, two. Of course. That were like, oh, yeah, they're from wherever. I was in Ron Konkuma. These weird-ass fucking names, too. And my dad's family, yeah. they're from Amneville. I have a band of friends. Um, they're called Woe. And they are from New York proper. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, they're all from somewhere within the five boroughs yep. surrounding. Yep. Um, and they are really fucking good. Oh yeah. Um, what kind of stuff? They are uh, like blacky death metal. Oh, stuff. Nice. They're fast. They play death metal riffs. They play da- black metal riffs. Screaming, they, growling, um, screaming and growling. Um, Chris Grigg is a wonderful person and I love him so much. But to give you an idea of like how sharp these vocals are. Yeah. I was driving them around right during the day in 2018 and I opened the window and I was trying to light a cigarette. Yeah. And Chris who's sitting in the driver's seat, the vocalist looks at me is like, Hey, listen, the day of my show, I can't have anybody around me smoking a cigarette. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to fuck up metal lungs. You're going to fuck up metal lungs. And you know what? I respected the shit out of that. Yeah. I, well, metal's like very hard to sing, dude. I think, yeah. to, and to not like ruin your voice, to do it right so that you're like, projecting, but you're not really damaging your vocal cords. I could never get that, you know? And I'm not much, I'm not even into that. Like, I like, I love metal instrumentation, but definitely when I think of like all my favorite metal, it is the vocals are always more like singy, you know? Yeah. And and I, and I sing a lot. I love singing, but I notice when I try to like scream. Not first of all, it doesn't really sound all that good, and second of all, it like hurts my my. And then I'll hear some other people. Arnie's the vocalist from uh, Masuji, and he does a lot. He like sings, raps, screams, all of it. Damn. And he'll like scream the fuck out of this like big long you know half a song. And the next and you know right after he's like, hey everybody, how's it going? How's it doing? And I'm like. You know, there's, there's yeah. I sing once or twice in that band. And if I just sing like a little, start to break up, like, ah, I'll notice if I say uh, the whole rest of the night, I'm like, hey guys, what's going yeah. on? I just don't have that control or something about my voice is just, it hurts it to scream. I I feel that too. Because um, in, in uh, A Light Among Many, I like, there's like a, whatever I do, there's a middle section where I like put harsh noise down and I just like flip out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the structured, like these are lyrics and I am pushing them from my diaphragm up my throat through, you know, yeah, um, because there's a very structured way of doing it to not hurt, right? It's belly breathing plus a heavy sigh, but then you just push harder till it's yeah. getting all know? that air out of there. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then you push harder, but I don't want to do that to your microphone. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, no, do it. 
See, you know? but that's, that's good. That is a heavy sigh plus diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah, and see, you're right. It's complicated it, though. It's, you, it's a it, little complicated, and there's like more subtlety to that. And honestly, that was not that great. <laughs> that was pretty good. I mean, I can't. That's what I'm. And and I now as you explain it to me, it's like that's why I can't fucking do it because I'm never trying to do that. I'm just trying to sing and then like sing loud, louder, no. too loud that I can't do it, and then it hurts. Well, you know, it's a great example. You know who does that super fucking well? Primitive yeah. man. Ethan from Primitive Man has such I don't think I a know. fantastic, Wait. like, dirty vocal. Who's dude. Primitive? I don't think I know Primitive Man. Are they like a big national? Are you talking about their local group? Who's the, Primitive Man? Primitive Man is one of the uh, biggest Denver, like, sludgy, ugly, doomy, like, despondent oh, metal bands. Dude, and still there. around? Oh, yeah, man. Primitive dude, Man is kicking crazy. ass, dude. They are. All right, like, I got I, I to gotta check them out. You got to check. I'm honestly surprised that you live within a yeah, hundred mile radius of Denver and you well, don't know a, who Primitive Man is. There's so much music in Denver. You know, I saw, <laughs> oh, you know, Itchio. Oh, I know Itchio. I saw Itchio yeah. for the first time like two years ago. And I don't know what, somebody just kind of like this conversation was like, dude, you don't know Itchio. And I yeah. know what we're talking about. Like, you love all this like Halloween crazy shit. They're like, you have to see that show. And and they're right. I mean, even I'm not. I don't think I would necessarily like buy the record. It's 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 cool music, but the show is like out of this fucking it's, world, dude. It's crazy, isn't oh it? Oh my god! And so there's you know 100 plus people involved in this show, and like weird people in costumes like crawling all over the floor and shit. And then uh, I mean, I, I couldn't even that the level of detail and weirdness. You know, yeah. it was like going to Gore, but instead of just being like you know, drenched in gross shit, but it was, it was such a spectacle, you know, when such I, a sensory spectacle. When I saw them the first time, it was Halloween 2016 and I did not know anything about them. It was just a, Hey Denver, you got to see Ichio. Yeah. Right. Like that was the promotion and that was it. And it was just like, you know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went, like, of course I, I do. And I was like, of course I don't yeah. know what the fuck this is. Right. <laughs> but you're going to try it. But then band members, or I, I guess, uh, event. Yeah. Well, they, aren't they members, secretive about their members too? They're so secretive that I know one of them. And, and when you can't I say it, well, when I like made a Facebook comment about it, he, he messaged me like delete this. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't mention it. Don't, don't fucking nah, mention you it. listen up. It's you. We're keeping your secret safe. But um, the most surprising thing for me was that, uh, like, participants would, like, be in the crowd, and I would turn around and, like, oh, there's a fucking, like, nine-foot-tall witch holding, like, a giant banner. Right. And, I, and like, I'm drinking a beer. And yeah. I spill the beer. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Dude, well, they got me with the speakers. They were, like, walking behind us in the crowd with these speakers that were up on sticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you just, you hear this from behind you, and it's it's this loud thing that's coming around you. You're like, fuck me, man. <laughs> when I was saying the other one that got me, there was these, like, spider people that um, were going around with their hands up above their forehead with an eye on it, wiggling their fingers. And they're, they're dancing around like this with their hands up on their head and shit and then at some point they kind of like stop in like a big circle and everybody's looking at him like what the fuck are they doing and then they just like and they scatter out on the they start crawling on the ground and scatter out into the crowd crawling on the ground it was the craziest it was the craziest fucking shit i've ever seen at a concert for sure well they opened the show i saw too with this very weird like dark slow gong 
intro. Okay. That was like, and Pablo was there, and I guess he's seen them a couple times. And he goes, oh, oh, I never yeah. seen him do that. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was that was maybe my biggest Christmas. That went on for like a long time, but it was weird as shit. They're just like standing there in their robes and they're like very slowly hitting these gongs. And it was out in the middle of the floor where they did that. And then kind of at the very end of that, you know, they hit like the last gong and then the stage lights up and they start playing the regular set. I saw them uh, New Year's Eve 2016 to 17. Right. Uh And they were being very bizarre. But I mean, I had seen that musical set a couple of times before. Where was it? It was at Summit. Okay. Uh, Yep. Summit New Year's Eve 2016 to 17. Yes. And I was with a new girlfriend of mine that ended up becoming my wife oh, of seven years. Well, congratulations. Yeah, and it was great. Um, and so one thing I remember is looking around at these people who are so dressed up. They Like, everybody has put so much effort in to the point where, like, you think about everything that had just happened in 2016, and yeah. you're like, these people know that the world is going to end. Like you, like you can tell that these people are like that was okay, the vibe. Like Syrian well, civil war, Brexit, Donald Trump, right, et cetera. The venue closing shit and the ghost ship fire that like that was yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible. Right. And then everything that came after that. Like you could tell that like all of these people that like really paid attention to all of those things were like, this is the beginning of the end, and we're gonna Yeah, we're gonna play as the ship goes down, kind yeah. of thing. Play as the ship goes down. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, I can uh, see that. I mean, it's super dark and creepy. But and, the, re- the reason I was bringing that up is that oh, it, yeah. I, well, I was going to say back to the primitive man. Like, I, I believe there are probably tons of great Denver staples that I don't know about. Because every time someone brings one up to me and they're like, dude, how do you fucking not know about these people? It's like Ichio is a good example. I'm like, yeah, how did I not know about that? Yeah. <laughs> And and I guess what tips me off is the other people. My one neighbor who lives down the street who's like 65 years old, but he loves cool music. Yeah. And I made some posts about that. He's my friend. And he was like, yeah, dude, Ichio. Like, how do you not know who Ichio is? I'm like, what? Come on, man. It's <laughs> because I asked before I do. Fuck, dude. So I definitely, I, maybe that, I think I'd stay in my own bubble too much, maybe. Circle of friends. But it's a good circle of friends, you know. Well, and- Part of your bubble for a while, maybe if it e- isn't even now, uh, but you were part of the Giardia bubble. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, and man. Honestly, like, I lived with Giardia for yeah. two years. Yeah, right? you were like, a roommate for two years. Two years. At, at that, that, the house where they had shows and stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah right. The, I remember the, that place. That was cool. The Puzzle Palace. The Puzzle Palace. That's right. Puzzle Palace. Dude, I love and, that. I, I went to a bunch of those. Well, a bunch, like two or three of those. Were there good. were only like 10 or 11 of them. So okay. you went to 20%. I went to 20 <laughs> fucking, I, I want to guess we're like 25%. Yeah. But go on. You're right. Well, I mean, they listen to a lot of weird music. So I listen to a lot of weird music, right? Yeah. Even if I didn't want to necessarily. Oh, oh, okay. It was a small house. So yeah, like, so you had to. But I enjoyed most of it, you know? It's right. just that like, I want to be depressed and listen to Ulcerate and fuck off but I'll, sure. I'll listen to jazz sure yeah well uh, i know john he's big into jazz oh yeah he's a big jazz guy i mean me too i fucking love jazz especially the more like rock like fusiony stuff john mclaughlin kind of or like giardia yeah <laughs> well the giardia got well i don't know giardia to me they were like combining this the metal thing oh yeah so careful no it's yep, okay that yep, thing yep. Like flips it, a few. It <laughs> lifts yeah. up. I actually meant to warn you about that oh. and then totally forgot. No, we're all good. We're but look, good. yeah, crisis averted. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Uh, I remember the first time seeing them, and I'm thinking like they're just like mixing this like thrashy metal stuff with this like calmer jazzy stuff, yeah. which is cool. That I mean, that was that was their that was kind of like the vibe, and I liked it. I loved Giardia; they were awesome. Um, but when I think of like some of the heavier jazz that I like, is more uh, like I was saying, like John McLaughlin, uh, yeah. Mahavishnu Orchestra, kind of. And then more like later after that, Omar Rodriguez stuff, especially his solo stuff, where it's like this acid jazz. Um, there's this chick out of New York, uh, Mary Halverson, that I really love. She's She put out like, actually put out like 10 records in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. But two or three of them are fucking phenomenal. And and some of them are really nice, kind of like chill jazzy stuff. Reminds yeah. me of like some Majoria sections. But when a jazz band like that can start like really whooping it up and the drummer's playing harder and the guitar has some grit on it and is like really going nuts. Mahavishnu always used to grab me with the uh, violin, but I think too much. They had so much. The violin was like was like the guitar going. And after like after like three minutes of violin solo, I was like, okay, this is a little bit much. But those guys like Al Miola and. uh, you know, Jaco Pastoris, man. That, you know, Weather Report's another one. Although I was never a big Zominal fan, but those guys that kind of went after Miles that were like making it more rocking, but it still was like long, complicated phrases. Yeah. I love that shit. I was saying Omar did that a couple times. You know, Mars Volta, you know what I'm talking about? Omar oh, Reese. yeah. I, actually, um, one of the Giardi boys had a friend that was, <sighs> fuck, what's his name? One of the people from Mars Volta's cousin. Oh, um, so I got to hang out friend. with him and learn about uh, that and cool. watch him play guitar and Bucky's good at guitar. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, nice. Like probably no surprise. Well, know, dude, but- Giardi, I mean, Cody is fucking sick. So good at guitar and bass and keyboards. He fucking shreds. He actually just texted me today. I was Did he? Li- I haven't I- heard from him in so long now. I was literally thinking of him while he texted me. Oh, that's and- cool. Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah, um, I I should just reach out to him sometime because I haven't heard from him in a long time. But dude, that guy, what a cool guy too! Like, what a good dude. But he fucking is a monster player, so good. I mean, that's part. That's really why Giardi I think was so good. I didn't actually yeah. know the bass player that much. Was Nick was his name? I think, um, no, his name was Josh, and his Josh, friend okay. was the one who was Mars Volta's oh, cousin. Interesting. Um, and so he brought him over a lot. And oh, cool. I just kind of he didn't live there too, did he? Josh lived there too. Oh, did he? All right, I didn't even know that. See, I didn't know Josh that well. I I talked to him the least, I think. Yeah, so it was was the three Giardi boys and me doing uh, noise on the side. Yeah, you did. Yeah, were you doing sets with them too? Just like fucking around, or I didn't do sets with them, but there are so if you go through fucking Facebook or Instagram or whatever and Uh go back to like 2015. There are so many bills that have a light among many in Giardi. Giardi, yeah, dude. Uh, well, I'm like, pretty sure that's the. I want to say that's the only times I've played with you. I think was with Giardia. Yeah, but I played um, a couple times with Giardia. Um, I remember once with Don's band Terminals. Terminals, yep. Oh, we pretty sure I we was played in the Terminals. You played with Terminals, yeah. Well, uh, everybody. Oh, well, that was like a rotating <laughs> yeah, thing. But like everybody I, fucking yeah, played at Terminals. Every, yeah. But well, yeah, I, I rotated with the terminals. Well, I want to yeah. say there was a. I thought there was a Giardia terminals and you show, and then I definitely remember one where I did my solo <gasps> video game thing. It was the video game thing, and you and Giardia again. Every time I think I played with you, you're right. Giardia was on the bill. Okay, so the Giardia terminals light among many show. Yeah, that happened one. That was supposed to happen one time. Yeah, it was didn't that, it happen? 
No. Oh, I'm not remembering uh, well, this right. Well, it, it half happened, right? Oh. Like, it was at Larimer Lounge, and it was on a Sunday morning. Oh, when it, we got the rain. It, it flooded, flooded the, the shit out of yeah. it. The ceiling was leaking, was leaking. No, well, like, that wasn't, I remember that. That wasn't Terminals. That, that was, wasn't Terminals. No, that was my, so I was doing my chiptunes thing, and I think I still did it. I think I was the only one that did it. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Because it's just me. I have one pedal board. I'm like, I'll put it out of the dripping water. And I did it. And that then, was you. Yeah. And Giarda, it was. Giarda didn't play. They were like, nah, we're not doing it. Oh, dude. Because like, we're going to go like, get a beer instead. A fucking heap of water oh, like, no, was, leaked down from the ceiling and awful. smacked Josh. It was out. awful. And Don wasn't even there. So we had no idea like what was going on with the show. Don set the show up. <laughs> that's I know. right. That's, that's Don oh, for you. Man. You know, it's funny. I definitely... <laughs> I, I go through this list of people in mind that I know in Denver for yeah. this podcast. And I always, I come back to Don like a million times. Like, I know at some point we have to have Don sit here and have a drink and talk to me. But, oh, my God, Don is the, like such a character. I don't know. <laughs> I don't say it in a negative light, but, like, he is all over the place all the time. Now, he does a lot, too. I mean. He does a lot. This is not just an open criticism. That man fucking books a million shows. And, like, you know, he busts his ass. But he's so... I feel like he's he, even back, maybe it's changed, but I think back then, especially, was just like so spread thin because you do so many things yeah. all over the place that he didn't have like good way to get to places or set things up, and so he just he he emceed the um the one like sponsored video game concert event that I did in Denver. I only ended up pulling one of them off, but he was the I I hired him to be the MC. Yeah. Because I just, that's what I think about Don, especially back then, you know, when I was hanging with him a lot. I felt like he was such a pillar of that whole fucking scene. It really felt like it, yeah. Yeah, dude. He booked a million shit. He booked a bunch of different bands I was in. He booked my solo show. I was playing with his band and there was just a lot of shit going on all the time. And always fun too, except for when the roof caved in. And you know what? When the roof caked in, roof caved in. That wasn't just Don's show. That was Don and my show. Because at that time, yeah. in summer of 2017, Don and I had a meeting at James Duke's apartment where oh. we decided to become Offending Site Productions. Whoa. Now, I and didn't know this. So we put on a few good shows, right? right? And I worked with Don for a while. And our last stuff together, I really appreciated. We have some disagreements about pricing that, that don't for shows? matter. Yeah. What? So he wants um, them cheaper. You want them more? Or the opposite? No, I, it, opposite. He oh, wanted, he, he wanted, wanted more. Yeah, well, dude, I'm always arguing for cheaper for shows. Well, there there were a couple of bands that were coming from afar that he had. A, I think he had a good point about the like, the guarantees. But it was a weekend of shows, right? And I called it Stilts Fest. And there were some bands coming from Illinois. There was bands coming from Wyoming. There were some like great local bands and everything. Okay. I don't remember this. Wait, when was this around? Like This was Labor Day 2017. Labor Day 20. Okay. All right. So at the Puzzle Palace, at the GRD house. Yeah. Do you remember Stilts the Cat? No. Oh, the, you had a cat named The Crypt Creeper. Oh, Crypt Keeper. No, I definitely cat. don't remember that cat. Oh, man. We had this cat that was just like a pile of bones. Oh. It was like 23 years old. Ooh. And Whose cat was it? Oh, know. it just came around the house. It, it wasn't one of your cats. It actually came around their last house, 421, if you ever went Oh, there. okay. And they took it with them. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And House um, cat. That's, that's the crypt keeper of the cats. The crypt keeper of cats. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a pile of bones. <laughs> oh, and poor kitty. And anyway. when it meowed, it was like, <laughs> But um, I took three. It sounded separate- like that. It was just oh yeah, <laughs> oh. right. But I took three separate pictures of this creepy ass cat doing different creepy ass things. Right. Okay. And 
I made it into Stilts Fest because the cat was named Stilts. Stilts, right. And I had th- I just happened to have three different days of shows lined up with bands from Illinois that were coming here. Oh. The Golden Fleece, Condor and Jaybird, and Sister Wives. Okay. Um, and they were different venues, but they were all five dollars, three bands. Yeah. Five dollars is so five dollars is perfect. Dude. Yeah. Done by ten, ten thirty. Yeah. You know, that's like, cool. Yeah. It was it was a really nice experience, I yeah. think. Um that sounds great. I think that working booking shows for so long kind of gets to a person like, oh, after yeah, having man. that same communication with so many people. Ah, and like, yeah, dude. I wouldn't want to do it. I don't even I never understood why or how you know where how he had the capacity to do that or why he wanted to do it. I was so grateful. But I fucking it but booking shows is a pain in the ass. And I, I think you know, I my band now, Masuji, we book all of our own stuff. Yeah, and I have yet to probably book maybe one thing ever if I book for that band. But you know, it's we do it because you have to. That's why we're doing it. Like right. nobody wants to do it. It's hard, we, and we try to divvy up the work, and especially to make it happen. Because like, man, it's a pain in the ass. There's nothing fun about booking <laughs> a show. A lot of fun about playing a show. No fun about booking a fucking show. Oh man, it is not no. And- we so had, what possessed you to be like, hey Don, let's let's be in you book shows, because it fucking sucks. It, it, do it. it sucks. Um, <laughs> you just love the you love the music scene so much that and you, you wanted the, to give back to it, Frank. Is that what it really is? That's what it really is. Along with the fact that like when a band gets up on stage and they're like, hey Frank, thanks. Oh yeah, eat that shit up. I eat that. Yeah, shit no up, doubt. Dude. That is so. No doubt. That feels so good. <laughs> no, you're right. It's cred. It's cred. Yeah. Well, you now you you moved away for a little while, right? Were you in LA or where were you again? No, I um I'm a Chicago kid, then I moved right here, and I the furthest I've ever gone from Denver is Lions. Oh, it was just yeah. oh, okay. I thought you did I thought you moved away for a little and then came back. Uh maybe then. Yeah. No, that was not me. I you know, I know a lot of people who have that like Colorado, LA, fuck this back to back Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I could have swore that was you. I'm confusing with a different Frank, maybe. It was my wife. Oh, um, she moved to LA? Well, she moved to San Diego with her oh. ex husband. And, um, you know, because he's a Marine, he did the, like, there's a massive, like, the main Marine base. Um, Pendleton is out in San Diego. San Diego. So, oh, I didn't know. That. Okay. So Brenda grew up here, uh, met Adrian. They moved out to, you know, do the Marine stuff together right. and then like it turns out that like if you're a marine you have a higher chance of like being an sucking asshole. as yeah yeah dude not well, all and not all i've met plenty of really nice marines. marines right no it's but hard though man and i think pretty much anything i used to do some work for the defense department yeah and i just working with those guys you know a lot of them really good guys but just stress dude it's a it's a fucking it's, stressful thing and the people that don't that it doesn't like get to that they're like a little more numb to it. That's not good either. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, if you were not upset or angry or like disturbed by this, like I wonder why. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no doubt. My, my little brother just went into the army. I think he just got out of oh, basic uh, training. Yeah. So he's, I, oh, I should know this better. It's my brother. I think he's active duty. He's, he's okay. in for at least a couple years now. Uh, but stationed not that far, I think, like up in Washington, uh, um, outside of Seattle, if I remember. Uh, what's the other Tacoma? Is that up there? I think that's where actually Tacoma, is. but just yeah. close to. I don't know that area all that well. I've been to Seattle a couple times, 
Love Seattle, dude. Seattle's badass. You've been to Seattle, have you? You seem like you would fucking love Seattle. Just looking at you right now, you look like Seattle, man. So not only do I fucking love Seattle. (laughs) Of course you do. One time when I was taking the ferry from uh, Seattle to Bainbridge Island, I saw a nuclear submarine. Man, it was like six in the morning. and This was the first ferry and a nuclear submarine was coming out of the ocean. Wow. And I wouldn't have thought it was a nuclear submarine if somebody like that was... Obviously, a Seattle look. I mean, like, picture a beanie, flannel, ripped jeans. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. You know they're from there. Yeah. Right. They're like, dude, that thing's carrying a nuke. Yeah. Did you know that? No? Yes. <laughs> well, most subs do. Most subs yeah. are nuclear. You need it. There's no. no other way to get all that power. Dude, I nu- did not know that. Well, not real. I mean, uh, I don't know if you can have a coal-fired sub. You definitely could have a coal like ship, but I think most of those ships and aircraft carriers are nuke powered too. Dude, nuclear power. Oh my god. I mean, and that's I don't want to start go down this thing in the last like five or so minutes we got. <laughs> but like, dude, f- fission. Now we're working on fusion, which is arguably probably going to be much better. Right. And absolutely. maybe we won't be so scared of it that we'll do it. Um, but fission, it's such a shame because. You know, there's been these terrible accidents because people have been careless, you know, and sometimes in some cases trying, you know, to kill each other with this technology that it's so scary to people. Um, but if you do it right, dude, uh, fission reactors, we've known for a long, long time. Since I was a kid, we've had designs for fission reactors that are super safe. And now, the age we're in now, oh my God, some of these like breeder reactors, which sort of... Uh, recycle the fuel you know until it's really spent they they produce almost no waste and they can go unattended for you know potentially decades depending on the scale you build them in and they're super fucking safe i mean anything could always go wrong but i mean a cold plant can explode too you know there's yeah. shit can go wrong with the the deep water horizon or whatever you know could spill <laughs> Oil out yeah. of, there could be worse things for sure fukushima is one that everybody remembers because it was recent but fukushima what really happened there was, I don't know if you followed this closely at all. I I followed ki- kind of closely, but it was a long time ago. Well, so, it, well, so the, the, you know, the reactors, just like ours too, just like Three Mile and all these all over the the U.S., they can withstand, they're super, there's big things of concrete. They can withstand these hurricanes and shit. That wasn't the problem. The problem was at Fukushima, they were taking all of the spent nuclear rods, which are incredibly radioactive and deadly, and they were just sitting them outside like on a big pallet next to the next to the reactor. So when the tsunami hit, it washed all of those into the fucking ocean and created a giant radioactive uh, mess that's super hard, if not impossible, to clean up. So, I mean, shit like that can happen. But look at the carelessness, man. That's right. not... We're not allowed to do that. Now, some people argue, because where's that... Um, it's like right outside, maybe north of Boulder, there's that site where we... Colorado... Oh, um, what's that called again? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, it's the nuclear site. Yeah, is, it's uh, very famous. Yeah. And, and, and there was, I think, aren't we now, we voted to remove the nukes, if I heard right. So they're actually going to go in there and get, it's it's the same thing. It's spent uranium yeah. or spent plutonium or whatever. We're going to go get that and at great risk, transport it out of this thing that we built into the rocks and mountain. We're going to transport it out of there and put it somewhere other to facility somewhere. But this, I mean, you have to, Put it somewhere. I mean, right. I definitely remember when I heard that, I was like, oh my God. And they said it too, a part of the story. It's probably more dangerous to move it 
at this point. But you, we voted to do it, so we're going to move it. You, you bury Wait, it. is it Rocky Flats? Rocky Flats. Rocky Flats. That's it, Rocky that's, Flats. All right. Very famous nuke dumping site. Yeah. But, you know, dude, that's, I mean, that's a lot smarter than Fukushima, I guess is my point. And yeah. we here in America, we don't put our <laughs> damn spent rods sitting out next to the fucking shoreline, you know, <laughs> bury them in a mountain. When well, we're not stupid enough to vote that out. <laughs> we bury well, them out. And there's like some fucking concrete hole in Svalbard or some like northern, you know, like fucking Scandinavian island or something where yeah. they just like drilled a 2,000 foot hole to put all this shit in. And yeah. then they wrote some kind of universal language like, this is danger. Yeah. We hate the danger. The danger was not controllable and we hate it. Please yeah. don't do this. Yeah. Sure. Like, don't touch it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's if you're gonna do it the old school way, which is what we kind of keep doing, then you do make this nuclear waste, which is bad. But we have, you know, I don't, I have to forget the exact numbers on this, but I think most of the ones or all of them in the U.S. are like Gen two or something, and they make like Gen six fission reactors now, though. We're, wow. we're way, way behind on this shit, and I definitely think that when I was a kid, we could have ramped that up to become a climate you know change game changing aspect yeah. and but now it's maybe too i mean and again now we're on to to fusion although that's probably at least a decade away but in a decade when we're really dying for something fusion might be there and people maybe people buy that a little bit more it's not quite as dangerous makes sense yeah didn't they also like make a like i i am such a technophobe i don't understand this stuff but like that something about making like a superconductor at room temperature I've like, heard such things, but I don't know that that was ever truly accomplished. Okay. But that's interesting. Uh, I mean. Yeah. It, it's something about like the energy produced from it can run um, like supersonic trains. Sure. And shit. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, but I think no one's quite cracked the code yeah. on superconductivity at lower temperatures. I could be wrong about that. Dude, I said forever like fusion was impossible. We were just talking about it, and there it is. I I was I feel like I'm always science wise on the skeptical side. I was also big in the camp of the deep physics stuff. Of there's no uh, Higgs boson, and then um, there was. So <laughs> I've been proven wrong a million times. I'm also like uh, sort of notoriously known among among my colleagues and stuff is not not really totally buying quantum mechanics. Like I, I buy it. I know it works, but it's, I think it's kind of like shitty physics. I don't think it's very good physics, even though it works. It's just, it's just like sort of mathematically modeling what, what the behavior we see, Yeah. but it doesn't really describe it at all. And like good physics to me always had some kind of insight about this is what's happening, right? This is why this happens. Well, and, I mean, ironically enough, I was reading about quantum computing last night because mm-hmm. I was going down a Lockheed. Yeah, Martin now that's a whole different ballgame too. That, quantum computing, yeah. but that seems like a probability thing more than like a data thing. Like there's light that influences yeah. Yeah. Uh, qubits to the, like, right. Well, see, this is what you know. What I never understood about quantum computing was the qubit. I mean, I get conceptually what it's supposed to be, and if you could theoretically produce a qubit instead of a bit, it could do all those things that we say quantum computers could do. Absolutely. How do you produce a qubit? I mean, I know how we produce a bit in the physical world. It's just a charge. Right. It's a capacitor. It's either charged or not. But a qubit, yeah, you're right. You have to have some kind of like optics involved or something. I never understood how you're going to mechanically make a machine that could do that. Although, apparently they did. So same kind of thing I said forever, like quantum computing, 
pipe dream, theoretical, until they started making these little or big, you know, quantum computers. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, maybe I should just shut the fuck up already. And <laughs> let, let the smart people invent shit. Let the smart people invent. This is the guy who like earlier just dropped a side comment. Like, oh yeah, when I was working for NASA. Yeah. Like, not even like the subject is. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, dude, NASA employs a lot of people. Oh yeah, no, I I have had clients that worked for NASA. But yeah, the, the, yeah. Especially around here, there's a lot of research, government research in the Front Range area. So, oh yeah, it was coming, and in Penn State there was a lot too. So I was there and and got in pretty heavy with defense guys, Office of Naval Research, those Navy guys cool. and Army. And but coming out here, there's a lot less of that defense stuff. Yeah. But there's all this federal money for aerospace and uh, environmental research and climate research and things like that. So well, so that's where I, that's kind. Of, I kind of ended up where I am field wise because that's what there's a lot of right here. You know, there's tons of research dollars for those kind of things. Energy too. Energy's a big energy research is huge out here. I did some. Um, solar forecasting stuff that was oh cool yeah that was uh energy but for xl or funded by xl or something i remember seeing you doing something out of a plane mm-hmm. where you were recording like atmospheric pressure yeah well something. not pressure but probably uh, yeah uh, aerosols essentially aerosol okay so that's, that's, that sounds yeah funny. that yeah. well one of the two systems i work on is this doppler lidar and that's where i, I at least the last couple of years put most of my effort into that guy and we typically install that on a plane. You go flying around. And then there's two things it can do. It can just um, stare while you're flying and it, it can measure the aerosols for you. But it's not a perfect, we can't distinguish different species. It's just kind of telling you how dirty is the air, how clean is the air yeah. in a little bit more of a qualitative way. But what it can do, which is badass, is when it's scanning, it can measure winds because it measures the Doppler shift from those tiny aerosol particles right yeah so and when and and if i point if i point my beam ahead and i see like a positive doppler shift i point behind i see a negative doppler shift i can calculate then the wind is blowing in this direction at this speed so by scanning where we measure wind profiles with that and and what we we were doing for a couple years was wildfires we're flying these wildfires and measuring the wind fields around wildfires but this year we went to new york we were measuring like a urban flow for air quality stuff like when oh, yeah. when bad air comes in, where does it come from? How long does it sit there on the Hudson? And you know, high altitude, low altitude. How does it change throughout the day with the sun exposed? You know, this fucking big, complicated atmospheric shit. And I'm not an atmospheric guy, really. I'm not. But you were you were there and you were doing. It. I was there. I was doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, I was just saying like, this is this is the kind of research that's here, right? Right. And I'm super lucky because my group is so cool and we do really cool shit. I get asked to do cool shit all the time. So it's fun. Um, but yeah, I started, you know, I want to do more like uh, atomic research. And of course, when I was younger, like cosmology and stuff, yeah. which I gave up pretty quick. Cause like, yeah, most people said that's not, there's no real career in that. And then defense stuff was weird because it also was fun, interesting problems to do. But man, the whole time in the back of your head, you're just like, God, this is just not good karma. You know, this is bad karma. Yeah, that's very fair. I, I remember... Um, the last defense thing I worked on was this um, 
detection system for like uh, gunshots and all kinds of th- threat detection systems. Oh, yeah, like that they put in like South Side of Chicago, LA. Well, that's like- one. That's called ShotSpotter, and we okay. knew about them. So, a sort of similar type system, but for the army that would probably go on their ah. tanks and shit. They could detect different, all kinds of different threats. Um, but the way I was just going with this, and I'm not going into detail about this fucking okay. project, but. Um, the thing that I remember thinking that got me was, you know, it's just a passive thing. It's just, it's just detecting things. It doesn't do anything, right? And one of the very last things that I was sort of tasked with was, you know, sending communicated messages onto like other systems, like in a tank, for instance, that would do something, you know. And so I went, okay, now you know this that that something kind of got unsettled. There, where I was yeah. like, I just this is maybe one bridge too far for me. I I respect that, and you know? I so I definitely I feel better when I'm doing research that really helps people. Yeah. Not that that kind of stuff isn't needed in the in the field. Like, absolutely, it's just I'm maybe not the guy to fucking do it. It's kind of an Oppenheimer feel about that, on right? A smaller scale, yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to design something that like if it hears something, it's just going to fire a bullet or a missile that way. Right? Yeah, Ugh. yeah, right, exactly. But you want to hear something cool, man, uh, not to uh, revert or anything, well, but uh-huh. those um, scanners on that plane that you were talking yeah, about, right? I was sitting at a bar one day, and I met an engineer who makes those specific scanners, and I am having deja vu with you describing what these things do, oh, that's because cool. I met this dude who like designs them yeah. and like well, makes those tiny little things. That's crazy. Because, well, time, this is a bigger system. Uh, but I was going to say, because I built that scanner, motherfucker. <laughs> I built that scanner. But now I want to meet this guy that also builds scanners for LIDARs because I'd love to pick his goddamn brain. So He, he was, makes it for like little drone ones? or Yeah, he was describing them to me as like this big. Yeah, no, you know? no, no. And- my, my scanner, the, um, I mean, I have a couple. There's a couple different ones. The more basic one is just like this size. Okay. And it has a wedge of glass. So it's a fixed angle that you just kind of rotate. Then I have this other one that we've been flying with a couple of years that's a giant um, arm, kind of giant like tube. Uh, it's a, we call it the laser cannon, jokingly. Yeah. Comes out of the side of the plane. And then there's a window on this side with a mirror inside. And then this thing now can direct, can look up, down, can direct that okay. beam all over the place. That one's a little more complicated. Gotcha. But yeah, but we we in-house, we build all of our own scanners and I write all the software for it and- wire it and we got a mechanical wow. guy that you know bolts it together like we build all that shit ourselves that's all custom stuff that's pretty incredible yeah you know? yeah well uh, it's because we didn't know about the dude that you met that already <laughs> fucking made it we want your damn no we actually do know a couple companies like a french company makes them oh yeah no he's not doing it by himself he works for a, for a big company yeah oh. um, i definitely want to get that fucking dude's contact i never got his name oh god damn it all right yeah. whatever frank just tease me with it, why don't you? <laughs> and I'll tease you with something else. When I asked oh. him what he used to do in the army, yeah, he looks me dead in the face, straight face. I killed terrorists. Oh, I would wake up at one in the morning. I would watch something on the plasma TV screen, and we would handle it. Wow, just damn, <laughs> oh spooky, man. It was that was a hell of a conversation. Yeah. I will not forget, dude. I, I had this uh, good friend, one of my best friends, growing up, that went to Afghanistan for two or three tours. And man, he came back, you know, I, the one that I remember kind of sounds like that was something I was, I'm just a kid, you know, still at this point, I'm, yeah. a, you know, I'm 20 or something. 
and I'm trying to Jones. I'm like, come on. And like, right now, if it was right me, like right here, how would you kill me? Like in a second. And we were like walking in my backyard there. And he's like, I just pick up the stick right here and put it in your throat. I was like, fuck. (laughs) Cause I was saying, I was like, you don't have a gun. You have nothing. I just fucking fight you back. Maybe you have to struggle me. He's like, I pick this thing up and stick it in your neck. And I'm like, Oh dude. Ouch, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, the man's seen some shit already. And we were just young kids. Yeah. That's, that's tough to hear about. Yeah, yeah, dude. Now war is fucking nasty. And it's still, here we are, man. Ukraine, they're still fucking, they're still fighting over there. Poor White Ward, you know? You know White Ward. No, White Ward. White Ward is a black metal band out of Ukraine that oh. has been recently making statements about how hard it is for men between 18 and 40 to get out of Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Because they are like. You have to stay and fight. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Can you only imagine that? I mean, it'd be hard to imagine because we're so isolated over here. But if we somehow got invaded and it was like, you know, the draft essentially again yeah. or something like that, where no, you have to, you, you can't leave. You can't just protest. You, and if you don't, if you find some, you know, oh, my foot's flat or some weird shit, uh, you get shamed basically for it. Yeah. It's tough to hear about. No, it's sick. It's a sick, sad world. But we'll see. Maybe the maybe the flaming sand from hell out of the sky will save us. Well, sir, I don't know. It's been an hour. Well, do you have anything to plug? I mean, this this episode is probably going to air for a little while, but plug everything. Anything? Do I do I have anything to plug? You oh should. man, yes, it's been a whole hour. Fuck. We're still playing Light Among Many, right? So, um, yes, I have two things to plug that are actually one day apart. Okay. Um, so uh, my band Vulgarian, which is a yep. fuck cops leftist punk band okay. uh, fuck capitalism fuck cops fuck people who manipulate working class people for their own gain when the wow. world is literally burning around us yeah that's a good point punk we, band you said um or metal it's metal sludge db kind of a a, a blend of really i would say we're a sludge band okay I, it's sludge I, all right because that's weird you know that's an interesting combination of Fuck the cops leftist, but it's sludge. Because I feel like a lot of sludge bands are more like right-wing fucking people. Really? Well, maybe not here. I don't know. Back don't east, know. certainly. I, well, certain kinds of metal, for sure. I thought I would always... I would not it, make them synonymous with... Well, I I guess, first of all, I would say that I only, I've only i only said fuck the cops punks bands because I've said that to like 18 different normal people today who yeah. I just want to help like understand... Like because you're wearing a fucking Aristotle shirt. Oh sure, or, sure. Air apostle. Oh air apostle. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that makes but, a little more sense. Because if you're wearing an Aristotle shirt, you probably at least got something going that's, on, that's man. Kinda cool. Right, you're kind of you're kind of cool at least. But um, yeah, no, we play sludge metal. It's kind of like I hate God, and I mean, oh. it's kind of hard to be a heroin addict and be right wing. I sure. think so. I hate God is kind of like our general direction, but with okay. more like uh speed i think and like sharpness all right um and we were releasing an album on september 28th oh very nice um and we were playing at the high dive okay um we were playing with grief ritual and watching people drown from fort collins which is really cool that's a cool name that's it's a really cool name they're a a really cool band yeah all right nice Um, never heard of them they covered an acid bath song at a show oh. I went to one time, and uh. all the people over thirty were like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's and right." It, it was like a sieve, you know, like, "Okay, here's the old people." Yeah, well, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, but and they then, were there. Know your crowd, man. Oh yeah. And then um, the next day, a light among many is doing our 
our my I'm doing my only show of the year as that act. Oh, um, okay. And I'm playing with uh, John Gross, who's a Denver noise staple. Um, Brian Barr and Mike Warm are uh, Mark Warm. I don't know why I said Mike. They are like Midwestern noise people. Mark moved out to Colorado Springs about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're coming to Seventh Circle, and that's uh, where I'm going to play the thing that's probably going to become my new album um because oh. i already have all the material written for it i okay. just need to sharpen it nice time. nice and did, i think did you was it always just you line among men or did you at one point have like another i felt like i had a i, I thought you had this another person another synth player I or did, drums yeah. or something so i asked thomas to drum for me just for like a one-off oh and then just, we realized like oh this is fun yeah and so we did write a whole album called vacant stare oh, okay. that was kind of like a a light among many plus. Okay, you know? sure, sure. But then we decided, okay, I'm going to keep doing the noise stuff and a light among many plus is going to become post-nihilist. Oh. And, and post-nihilist, every time somebody comes up to me in the Denver music scene, man, I miss post-nihilist. Yeah. You know, what the fuck happened to post What happened to post-nihilist? Dylan moved away oh. to Durango after the pandemic and then... You know, post nihilist is very spacey, reverby, like ooh, spooky doom metal, like Bell Witch about ghosts and like That's fucking cool. sea creatures and shit. I right? love it. And then the pandemic happened, and the George Floyd stuff happened, and Dylan moved away, and uh, Garrett went into vexing. You, it was Garrett from vexing was the key player. Oh, Garrett's in that band. Garrett oh, was in that because now yeah. Garrett's been playing in um, Witch Baby. He has. That I'm, that yeah. I'm, you, were you at any? I don't think you were. I, I we wasn't. just played. We're playing Enigma next weekend. Oh, sick. this coming Sunday, I think. Huh. Yeah. I, I, anyway, Garrett is, I've known Garrett for a little while. I'm definitely going to get him on the show. He already agreed to it. I just got to like somehow get he, him to come over and do he it. He is an incredible musician. Oh yeah, dude. He's I, so fucking good. Such a cool dude too. Very oh, interesting man. guy. But he killed it at this, at that, that, that we just played the first uh, gig with him like uh, last Saturday and it was, it yeah, was cool. I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it was very good. But yeah, man. Um, Garrett and Thomas and I tried to work it out, but then the pandemic or the uh, George Floyd stuff happened. Yeah. You would get more p- feeling more like you want to make a statement more than just ghosts and shit. Yeah. yeah I feel And that. like Thomas and Anders and I, we all got, you know, like shot at by rubber bullets. Anders and uh-huh. I got tear gassed. I got flashbang. You know, like, I don't know if you've had a flashbang go off no. like 30 feet from your head, man. No, but. I never get that. I, you know, I've gone to a bunch of the marches and stuff, but I've never really gone to like a protest where you're going to get rubber bullet or anything like that i'm too i'm too chicken shit for that man that's that (laughs) that's too much for me i'll show up at the i'll show up at the rally i'll show up at the march you know absolutely show my support but yeah i like running in the streets man it's too much for me it it was not what i expected um i expected it to be a little more um well i don't know normal but oh really didn't expect this to break out you get shot at oh josh boss no but after that i mean the three of us were like you know like this is kind of all i want to do yeah you know right i don't care about ghosts i don't care about fucking like reverb at all no reverb in vulgarian yeah (laughs) yeah and if you know light among many i mean that's a a big step for me to take. Oh yeah, right. no reverb. I know, man. The whole thing's reverb. Well, that's a hey. On the last, maybe this will be my last question. Oh I yeah, ask totally. You, what's your favorite fucking reverb? 
My favorite reverb by far is the reverb I've had for six and a half years, man, Ooh. which is my Ab- Earthquaker Devices Avalanche Run. Oh, the Avalanche Run's great. The Avalanche Run is spectacular. I love it. And it's it's very well suited to exactly the kind of music that I write because what I write is a lot of waveforms in terms of dynamic and intensity, Yeah. right? Yeah. And I used to have a... a like when I was first, first, first starting out, I was using a multi-effects pedal where I kind of had to like work with things and loop yeah, different things in order things to like want. not have it be, you sure. know, just like cut off right away. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Oh, you want the trail. You want the, you want the trail. Yeah. You want the, the end of the, yep. the wavelength, right? Yep. And what the Avalanche Run allows you to do is to like hit it, build up the delay, let something grow while you like do stuff over here. Yeah, you know? right, and right. Like, Nobody can hear it because you're you're, you're yeah. all the way up here. You're right, talking. right, right. You yeah. built up this, yeah, no and doubt. The, and then this slowly crescendos down into like, oh, you've already have other things built going. This, yeah, yeah <laughs> in the background. Yeah, no, that's sweet, man. Yeah, no, you're fantastic at like playing with textures, and I mean oh, that's thanks. a big that's a big thing for me. I feel like always with the timbre, melody, rhythm, and I always say, which sometimes surprises people, is like timbre is like the number one thing. I'm always thinking about. And maybe it's from recording and mixing and shit, but I'm like, my ears are always so focused on like the texture. And if it's got a cool texture, sometimes it doesn't even have to be that like great of a riff. But if it's got this sound, it's like, oh, you know, and then sometimes too, some really great parts and I'll listen to it. I'm like, I love that part, but like, man, that tone, like, why does it sound like that? Damn. (laughs) That sounds janky. I I think that uh, in the Night Side Eclipse by Emperor, um, all of the music is fantastic. The keyboards are cheesy as fuck. Yeah, the tones, the, that's not yeah, right. Yeah. That's not how like people sound. Yeah, you know? no doubt. Yeah, dude. I mean, I notice it so much. And to be able, like you're just saying, like to play with the dynamics and the sound level enough to get the right textures at the right yeah. time is a huge art to do that. And you definitely fucking pull that shit off. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Man. Your live set's fantastic. I appreciate that. You are fantastic live too. I hope you know that. Yeah, well, I try. All right, man. Thanks so much for doing it. I'm happy to do it, Mike. Yeah, thank you, man. Fuck yeah.